Do you struggle to travel? Do you hate the thought of leaving home? Does the mere thought of travelling to work or on holiday send you into a panic? That lurch in the stomach and feeling of panic at the mere thought of travelling is all too familiar for far too many people. I used to have a travel phobia which could send me into a panic attack at the thought of being in certain vehicles, usually hot cars. I'm now, though, free to travel wherever I want and how I want, which at one point in time felt impossible. Hi, I'm Paul Shepard, your holistic anxiety and mindset coach, and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about travel anxiety and provide you with some tools and strategies you can explore to begin to take your life back. If you're new to the show, welcome, and please do subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Now, I get contacted a lot by people wanting to work on their travel anxiety. Oddly enough, not many coaches or therapists actually talk about it. It's the same with toilet anxiety. What's going on? There's just not much help and resources out there. So let's turn that around, shall we? Whilst travel anxiety is a big subject, which easily could take up a few episodes, I hope you find the content of this show very useful. We are diving right in because there's a lot to cover. Let's get straight to the main issue. If you have travel anxiety, the biggest issue you are likely to face when traveling is not the negative feelings of panic that can come from nowhere. Any negative feelings at all that can include nausea, negative thoughts or strong emotions and feelings. The biggest issue that you face is your reaction to those negative experiences. You fear feelings of panic so much that you are developing an unhealthy fear of fear. Now, I know what that's like. I became hyper vigilant to my feelings of fear and nausea. I was always, always on the lookout for them, magnifying and blowing up a portion normal feelings through misinterpretation. Now, what would happen for you if you no longer feared any anxiety, panic, nausea, negative feelings that can come from thinking about travel or even when you're actually traveling. What would that be like? Now, I know some of you might not be able to imagine that just yet, but this episode and some anxiety coaching could help you do just that. It's liberating to know you can handle any feelings of panic or anxiety that comes your way in any situation. You just need to learn to train your mind how to do it. The theory isn't enough. You have to practice it to prove to yourself this work, and it does. And I am proof of that, as are the clients who work with me to learn these anxiety management skills. For example, this week, it's really lovely, I received a bunch of flowers from a client who just came back from their first trip abroad in nine years. That's right, nine years they were extremely tearful and grateful that they had made it. They had been to other therapists and coaches who admitted defeat and passed them on until they came to me. Just to add some context, not only was this their first trip by air to another country in nine years, this was someone who struggled to be in a hairdresser's chair, in a dentist's chair, traveling anywhere by car, 
even going to their child's school plays due to the fear of being in a situation where they felt trapped and needed the toilet. And now they can do all those things and very easily. I also set a task for a client this week to experiment with by driving to a destination that triggered anxiety. And guess what? An hour after the session, I get a ping on my phone. I received a geolocation notification. They had made it. Now, both of them used coaching strategies to get to their destination. Yes, there were some challenges, but with those challenges, they knew exactly what to do. It's the not knowing that can make you feel panicky. And guess what? Now they know their strategies work. They can expand their traveling to go wherever they want. Life is way too short to be held back by tricks of the mind. And I believe this is one of the main differences between coaching and traditional therapy. In therapy, yes, you get to talk about your travel anxiety and maybe where it comes from. But according to many clients who have gone down this route, they still feel anxious due to not knowing what to do with the anxiety and panic when it arises. The problem is fear of fear becomes more cemented into the reality and that makes the thought of travel even more excruciating. It's very clear that when the limbic system, which is your survival center, has been triggered into a survival response, your PFC, prefrontal cortex, which is your brain's controller and responsible for rational thought and logic, shuts down. Now this makes it incredibly hard to think clearly and as neuroscientist Andrew Huberman once said, and I'm paraphrasing here, trying to think rationally in survival mode is the equivalent of trying to grab fog. Yet therapists often think that their clients can think rationally just with a bit of awareness and understanding in situations which can trigger anxiety, much to the frustration of their clients. I think it's a little out of date. Now I love therapy, I'm not therapy bashing. I have a therapist as part of my work and it's been vital for self-awareness, but there would be no tools provided for managing anxiety issues. And that's often the difference between my coaching and therapy. Now, if you want to travel the way you really want to, then a few things need to happen which could make it easier for you. Number one, you need to develop a toolkit of strategies which you can choose to work with so that your mind and body help you travel. We're going to go through some here. Number two, you do need to change your relationship with anxiety, fear and travel to a much healthier one which enables healing and yet resilience. Number three, this is essential, I believe, for everyday life anyway. But learning to see thoughts as just thoughts and not to trust thoughts or feelings that arise when feeling anxious or triggered is a gift that keeps on giving. Can't put a price on that. Number four, to realize and to know you are safe despite the tricks of your mind. It is lovely to have that moment of, ha, nice try. I'm not going to fall for it this time. Uh, number five, learn how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and to adapt to any situation that arises. Our obsession with comfort is making anxiety and stress really difficult to deal with and can make us feel much weaker. Fuck this.
very important, but do find the root causes of your anxiety if possible, as often there's a good reason for it and it may need your attention. Often anxiety can be a message, big neon sign pointing at us saying, get your shit together. Your life is unsustainable. And number seven, use meditations, hypnosis sessions in my podcast or wherever to change your old travel programs deep in the subconscious mind. My meditations work on many levels. I do add some suggestions in each one to help your minds move forward, even in the short ones. So please do use them. And lastly, whilst this podcast and what I will share with you can be very helpful, nothing beats having coaching to get through your issues quickly and thoroughly. If you are suffering and would like to have help, please do reach out to me in the show notes and we can go from there. Remember, life is far too short to be held back by tricks of the mind. Now, to make the most of this podcast, the strategies are best written down to help your brilliant mind assimilate them. The more you practice them, the more they will work more deeply and naturally into the mind. Use meditations and hypnosis sessions to take it deeper. I would encourage you to start journaling. If you haven't journaled before, it's an amazing tool to bring the subconscious mind into the conscious. You can change disorganized thought into organized thought. It's far too much to expect yourself just to be able to think things through. Putting it onto paper helps create that cognitive process necessary to move forward. Journaling is an amazing tool to help develop self-mastery through your developing awareness. It's also important you note down your successes. If you have anxiety, you can get anxiety amnesia where your mind begins to erase the past, completely forgetting the progress that you have made. We're now going to discuss a game-changing strategy that you can use in any situation where you have anxiety. Obviously, for this episode, we'll be discussing it in the context of travel anxiety. It's a very powerful strategy that can give you your life back. The more you practice it, and I can't stress that enough, the more you practice it, the more natural it will become for you. Let me introduce you to the WAVE system. Now, you'll recognize how this wave system works when you're not using it as a strategy because it is a natural part of your travel anxiety response. Let me introduce you to first wave. Now, first wave is the instant negative thought, feeling, panic attack, feeling of derealization or depersonalization, and it happens in a primal hypnotic trance, which puts the person or you into a false alarm survival mode. This is where catastrophic thinking, negative thoughts from a fantasy negative future, which does not exist, can overwhelm the mind and also create feelings which can overwhelm the body. Anxiety at this point can trigger a time issue where you also falsely believe you're going to have this anxiety experience for a long time. A panic attack can seem like it will never end. It can feel like you're never going to get rid of anxiety. It's going to be with you forever. You can really get a feeling that there's no way out, a feeling of claustrophobia, and that you 
are trapped. During the first wave, your prefrontal cortex, your PFC, which is your brain's controller and which is responsible for rationality, logic, context, and emotional regulation, can begin to shut down due to adrenaline and those feelings of being trapped and having no choice. Now, as that happens, you begin to increase activity in your amygdala, which is in your limbic system, and this is your emotional and survival center. The amygdala sends a signal to the hypothalamus, which then sends out signals and acts as a controller. This is all part of hijacking your nervous system, regardless of whether you're in real danger or not, and move you into a freeze, flight, or fight response. Due to the PFC being shut down, it becomes much easier to believe irrational thoughts and much harder to rationalize and think logically about the situation. Now, when I had an anxiety disorder, I didn't know this and it used to frustrate the hell out of me because I was so confused as to why I couldn't think logically when stressed, angry or anxious. And now you know. The thing about first wave is that you're not likely to be able to do anything about it because it just tends to happen. Not always, but that first instant negative response can hit you and then it begins the process of moving into second wave. Now, second wave is the reaction to first wave. It's very natural to move into fighting first wave. So you might try to suppress what you're thinking or feeling, try to use distraction. You might try to resist what's happening. But unfortunately, this just increases its intensity. And it's very easy to develop a fear of fear or in this case, a fear of the first wave happening again. The paradox, of course, is that this is likely to trigger the first wave into the happening again, adding more pressure to an overburdened nervous system. And because the brain is being trained into not only seeing any thoughts or feelings in this area as dangerous, it can begin to amplify them too. It's like turning up the heating in a heat wave. Do remember that your brain's job number one priority is survival. If you're telling it that a negative thought or feeling is dangerous, it has to look out for it and keep drawing your attention to it again and again. And this is how intrusive thoughts and OCD can begin to manifest. Try not to think of that pink elephant and of course it's there inside your mind. Now, as part of second wave, the freeze, flight or fight survival response has now kicked in. Thoughts continue to race and no matter the irrationality of the content will feel really real due to lack of activity in your PFC. And it's in this stage that you start to react to first wave thoughts and feelings and begin to move into avoiding, leaving the situation, getting angry, freezing on a spot and being unable to think clearly. You are now being hijacked. Your body is being flooded with adrenaline and cortisol. Heart rate and breathing increases to provide more oxygen and energy. Muscles tense as they get ready for action. Does that sound familiar to you? Your gut then receives signals through the vagus nerve to the enteric nervous system, your second brain, which is in your gut, to slow down and stop. But it can also increase serotonin in the gut, which can cause spasms to happen throughout the colon, which can increase feelings of wanting to poop. 
Vagus nerve dysfunction can amplify gut issues with anxiety and it can cause feelings in the gut and bladder to be amplified and over-focused on. This is why it's really important whenever you can to start your body healing from anxiety. This is why anxiety coaching, the holistic way, is my favorite approach. The more pressure you take off of your nervous system to allow it to recharge, to reset and heal, the easier it becomes to manage anxiety and stress in various areas of your life, including traveling. Also, and some of you will know this feeling well, there is a release of hormones which disrupt the usual hormones that help keep your bladder relaxed causing it to contract, creating the feeling you need to urinate. You can see in any airport, people rushing back and forth from the bathrooms due to gut signals and the change in feelings in their bladder. Just to add, blood flow to the skin is reduced, which is why some of you will look pale. Blood is also increased to muscles for impending danger. Uh, For some of you, you'll notice your face can feel a little flushed too as blood rushes to the head to help the brain. And as part of second wave, your dilated pupils will bring in better vision by letting in more light and you will narrow your focus to deal with imminent danger that your brain has convinced you is likely to happen. Just to reiterate, it's in second wave, those negative thoughts and feelings can push you into avoidance or trying to just push yourself through whatever it is that's triggering you. And you can also feel pretty powerless because you don't really know what to do. No wonder the thought of traveling for some people can feel that excruciating. I remember what that was like. I really, really do. And then we have third wave. Third wave can be the exhaustion, the guilt, the shame, the anger, the judgment, the isolation or any consequences that can come from your second wave reaction to first wave. And because third wave can feel so awful, this can amplify the danger of the first two waves and increase the chances of them happening again, unless you have an intervention. Now it's at this stage in the third wave that your body can also go into repair from the survival response and your heart rate, blood pressure and breathing can begin to return to normal. But you may feel like you are on alert for some time. You can also begin to realize now that your negative thoughts and feelings are nothing but lies. And this can feel very frustrating especially if you avoided something that you needed or really wanted to do. So that is the first, second and third wave system that your body has quite naturally. But here is what you are going to do differently. Let's take back your power and take back control. First wave, the adrenaline rush. You cannot do anything about the initial negative thoughts or feelings that can come out of nowhere. They have happened already. It's important to know this part though, that any negative thoughts or feelings that you have in first wave isn't the problem. No, they are not the issue. Your reaction to them is going to be the issue. And it's here that you can begin to turn things around. Second wave, this is where you choose 
You choose how you want to respond to first wave. You will have a choice of tools to use and you will have to get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. We have a tendency to lean back and try to move away from anxiety because we fear it. This resistance, fighting it, fearing it, distracting yourself from it, suppressing it, can increase and magnify, making it much worse, which makes first wave even more feared and likely to happen in situations where you worry it will be triggered. It's at this point you can realize that your mind is playing tricks on you and cannot for now be trusted until this passes. So here are your choices. Knowing you have choices keeps your PFC, your prefrontal cortex, the brain's controller, operational. If you fall for the lie you are trapped, then it can begin to shut down. Hence, training yourself to know the strategy choices is absolutely essential. Strategy one, how you breathe. Slow and longer out-breaths to the diaphragm will help turn down your internal alarm system and tell your brain you are safe. You can even say out loud or internally, I am safe. By slowly breathing out, you trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. This helps calm down and take pressure off of your nervous system. Learn to breathe properly. Use my podcasts. We do this in every meditation episode. Once you are breathing out longer than you breathe in to the best of your ability, we then lean into embrace and accept what you are experiencing. This means to explore your feelings with a little bit of curiosity. No matter what you're experiencing, even if it's panic, it cannot hurt you, no matter how it seems. Do this with a sense of compassion. There is a part of you struggling with trauma and this is how it's manifesting. So you're breathing, you're breathing out longer. You're now exploring and experiencing your feelings no matter how you feel. Leaning into your feelings may momentarily increase the negative feelings and thoughts. I know that will be difficult. Believe me, I know that feeling. But as you train yourself to do this, guess what happens? Because you're normally moving away from anxiety, the more you move towards it, you're doing the absolute opposite of what you should be doing in anxiety and it cannot be sustained and it will begin to drain away. Your adrenaline rush will peak and drop. You have to allow that to happen. You have to become confident in the process. This is the tricky part. But as you begin to realize that the more you move towards anxiety, the more you lean into it with your strategy choices, the more you will experience it beginning to drain away and that will increase your confidence to go into any situation where anxiety can be triggered. So breathing, leaning into it, accepting it. Now, this is where we begin to name it, to tame it. This is just anxiety, travel adrenaline, adventure adrenaline. This is just a false alarm. This is my body preparing me for a challenge. Now, this creates psychological distance and can reduce anxiety by around 50%, according to psychologist David Rock. Now, I can't prove to you how well this works with myself and clients. You have to try this for yourself. Name it to tame it and watch what happens. 
Here's another option, strategy four, change the interpretation. Fear has the same physiology as excitement. Even saying out loud or internally, I am excited to travel, free to travel, to have my life back. I love traveling adventures. Creates a mindset and physiological shift that will make traveling easier for you. And remember how we talked about that when you're in danger, your field of vision narrows. Well, as you're not really in danger, you can move your vision back into panoramic mode, which is looking at everything in your environment, moving into peripheral vision so you can see everything around you to the far left and right, begins to slow the mind down and help your mind and body relax. Check out my Stop Negative Thoughts Instantly episode for more details on how to work with your mind and give yourself some more tools. And now we begin to move into third wave. This is where you move your attention back fully to the present moment and engage with people and your environment. Learning mindfulness skills is very useful here. Lean into with compassion and kindness and feel any negative feelings left to help you let go of anything that still feels a little trapped. Breathe into it and allow your mind and body to relax. Be kind to yourself. You can also use the popular mindfulness technique 54321. If you've not done that before, it is there in my podcast episodes or simply Google it on YouTube. First wave, adrenaline rush, negative thoughts and feelings. Remember, they are not the problem. Your reaction to first wave can be the issue. But now you have tools and strategies. You get to choose how you interact and how you deal with first wave. Lean into, really feel it, move towards anxiety, breathe into it, accept it, name it, peripheral vision, whatever you want to do, it is your choice. The mere fact that you know you have choice keeps that PFC, your prefrontal cortex, in action. And then move your attention back mindfully to where you want it to be for third wave. How simple is that? Yes, of course, it can take a little bit of training, but it will be one of the best things you ever learn to do for yourself. Now, let's jump back to talking about the various types of travel anxiety, which you might be able to relate to, and some other tools and strategies to help you begin to take your life back. I was driving to a town around 70 miles away, so one client we will call Catherine, but that's not their real name, for confidentiality purposes. All was going well until I saw ahead of me the traffic jam where cars were slowing down to stop. Out of nowhere, my gut lurched and I felt like I needed a loo as I felt pressure in my bowels. I felt hot and sweaty and I was worried the kids in the car would notice I was panicking. I took some deep breaths and did as you said and got it back under control. But I'm annoyed it happened in the first place. Though to be fair, it wasn't long ago I wouldn't even dreamed of getting in the car and going somewhere that far. But why did this even happen? Now, Catherine had been making incredible progress from our coaching work together. They had gone from not driving outside of her city to driving to London and even to France using the Eurotunnel. I even remember at one point they were convinced they would never travel again. And now they were, but they felt they'd had a setback, which in my view is a great piece of data and something to explore and help Catherine manage in the future. 
it turns out with a bit of exploring that there had been a level of anxiety by over-focusing on the sat-nav and possible traffic jams going to this place. That put Catherine's nervous system on high alert and there were elements of their lifestyle which needed to be tweaked to bring down pressure on their nervous system. It was still a little too heightened. And I'll share some tips with you to help reduce pressure on your nervous system shortly. But what actually is travel anxiety? Now, if you Google it, then you'll see a strange interpretation from some websites which suggests it's a fear of traveling to a new or unfamiliar place. Now, I know some of my clients would totally disagree with this, as for them, commuting to London via the train isn't that unfamiliar, nor for some clients traveling along their local motorway, which they've used so many times they've lost count. And yet now, for some reason, it's triggering panic and they feel powerless in being able to change it. Now, travel anxiety can be subtle. For example, a slight tense feeling, possibly from thoughts which suggest that traveling is going to be stressful. But this in turn creates what feels like justified behaviors of planning and various crutches to deal with unknown traveling futures. An obsession with apps that look at motorway traffic, checking toilet locations, traveling when you believe it's less busy, and having various crutches at your disposal like rescue remedy or good luck rituals are some clues there is tension for travel. Or it can jump to the blatant and brutal where bowel or bladder movements seem out of control or panic attacks are triggered even at the thought of being in some people's words, trapped. What if I want to leave? I just can't do that on a train, plane or motorway. There is an illusion here where the brain tricks the person into thinking they will get stuck and have no choices at all. This can create that claustrophobic feeling, which is similar to my greatest fear, being stuck down a pothole with nowhere to go. (sighs) As I was writing this, by the way, someone called about travel anxiety issues that they have, and they worry about traveling on a plane as they have intrusive thoughts about crashing. They also told me it was an absolute possibility that the plane could crash, which meant they knew traveling by plane wasn't actually safe. Now this trick of the mind, which they believed without question, would certainly create feelings of panic in anyone. Now my fear travel wasn't about being stuck or the plane crashing at all. Mine came from a travel trauma, which was about being made to travel in a hot, smelly car every day during the summer holidays for about two hours to a beach. And then I'd have to travel all the way back again. Now, I suffered with travel sickness and unfortunately didn't have the most sympathetic family. I would have done anything, absolutely anything, not to go on the holiday. But there I was in a car again holding a small sick bag, which was a sandwich bag and transparent. That added to me being scared to be sick with three disapproving people looking at me holding a bag of shame. Now, I did everything I could to control the journey. Sitting in the front, I used music to distract me. The window was open, but I worried so much about it, I could be sick and ill before I even got in the car. Even whilst writing this, I can smell that new car aroma. The trauma of traveling stayed with me for years. I simply refused to do it. I developed a fear of being sick, a metaphobia, a fear of being sick in front of people who I felt would judge and be disgusted by me. 
I didn't travel much at all until I broke the spell in my 30s and I worked on it until it was gone. Just to add to that, no matter how it seems with travel anxiety or any other type of anxiety, you can get past it. I am living proof of that. It did nearly finish me off, but I was drawn to work with it holistically. And now here I am. I'm now an anxiety coach and podcast host. And if you need help, don't suffer in silence like I did. I know many of you do. Please do reach out. Life's too short to be held back like this. Now, I know some of you listening to this may have your own versions of travel anxiety. Here are some of the most common ones I work on and also the ones you mentioned on social media at my request. I repeat, no matter how it feels, you can get past this with some help. Anxiety and panic can start to come from intrusive thoughts about crashing, panicking, losing control, especially if you are a new parent and have kids in the car. I've seen a huge increase in this and it is easily treatable. Uh, This can get worse with the intrusive thoughts focusing on driving off of bridges, cliffs, into buildings or even into other people. I've spoken to so many people who no longer drive due to these types of thoughts and worrying they would do just that. Intrusive thoughts are usually the absolute opposite of your core values and are completely normal. Do get coaching and help if you do struggle with these. Feeling anxious at the thought of being trapped in a vehicle and unable to get out, especially if you worry you will have a panic attack in front of other people. This is where that wave system will be very handy. If you know that you can manage and no longer fear a panic attack, it's a total game changer. Toilet anxiety, the fear of needing the loo whilst traveling and then being unable to get to a toilet. As one client told me recently, they checked the plane schematics and they felt incredibly anxious as there was only one toilet. Their mind tormented them with stories of being in a long queue, needing the loo urgently. Toilet anxiety can make travel anxiety much harder than it needs to be. But yet again, it is treatable. Having an accident, feeling unwell, needing medical treatment and being unable to get to a hospital or doctor is a very common one and comes hand in hand with health anxiety. Traveling with as much medical supplies as possible, does that sound familiar to some of you? Just in case, is a clue that the mind is playing tricks on someone around their health in catastrophic ways. Psychological inflexibility can play a big role too. This is another name for being intolerant to uncertainty, which makes traveling to a new place with different cultures, transport, languages and food much more difficult. Plane, car and boat journeys ending in catastrophic ways really can play on someone's mind, triggering strong senses of panic, as can being far from home. For some people, just feels too risky and it's better to be at home with familiar surroundings. Or we call it a gilded prison. Having a bad experience whilst traveling can create trauma, as it did with me. Or traveling with someone who has issues with traveling can make it harder for someone else to relax. And this can become an issue over time. 
there are more I know, and these are the most common. And yes, of course, they can be worked on and treated with a little help. But what else can you do besides the wave strategy? Well, there's actually quite a lot you can do, which can make life easier when you're traveling. Now, as you know, I like to work holistically, which means looking at all aspects which could impact how someone travels. Some would seem like common sense and others you may not have even thought about. Number one, prime your mind to travel using my meditations and hypnosis sessions to train your mind to relax with breath work. Learn to work and calm down your autonomic nervous system and develop a more resilient mindset. Again, these are things I teach repeatedly in my podcast meditation episodes. Number two, get confident with the strategies by moving closer to traveling experiences and desensitizing the mind and the nervous system to help normalize travel. For example, if you have a fear of traveling by train, go to a train station. You don't have to get onto the train, but just manage using the wave strategy, first, second, and third wave to help you begin to move towards taking a step onto a train and doing shorter journeys, longer journeys, and so on. You get the picture. Number three, begin to remove any crutches as they do tell your mind you are in trouble without them. Number four, reduce powerful stimulants and toxic chemicals such as caffeine, sugar and alcohol as these do impact your nervous system. It adds too much pressure and will make travel much more difficult. Number five, connect to the vision of your future self, which is traveling freely and living the life you truly want to live. How you see your future will determine your thoughts, feelings, and actions today. The more you connect with this part of you, the more you will move towards traveling normally. I coach a lot of people using this process. Moving from low hope futures to high hope futures really does create a boost in neurochemistry and the momentum to move forward. Number six, eat the right stuff. This means plant food. You need fiber. Your gut microbiome makes over 30 neurotransmitters you need for mental and physical health. This does include serotonin and dopamine. Your body can't do the job without the right tools. And number seven, Hydration is absolutely essential as dehydration can exacerbate anxiety. And I know a lot of people dehydrate themselves when they're traveling to make sure they don't use the toilet. And unfortunately, this can add a lot of pressure to the brain and body and your nervous system. So do avoid that trap. And number eight, increase GABA. GABA is a neurotransmitter that slows down activity in your brain and nervous system. Yoga, meditation, exercise, and various supplements, including magnesium glycinate, L-theanine, chamomile, lemon balm, and passionflower, increase GABA. Now, if you're thinking, that's a lot of supplements, we've got you covered. The New Mind Wellness Stress Support Formula, which I often talk about, and the link is in the show notes, has plenty of GABA increasing ingredients, and I heartily recommend it to help with stress and anxiety. Again, the link is in the show notes. And number nine, get moving. Exercising, walks, stretching, cardio, yoga, swimming helps your body deal with stress. Disperse built-up tension, adrenaline, and cortisol. We have to be honest. 
The more you take baby steps to heal your body, movement, diet, hydration, learning to work with relaxing your autonomic nervous system, the more you'll heal your body, the easier it is then to manage stressful situations. And remember to use my meditations and hypnosis sessions to work deep into the subconscious mind to make all of these mindset changes much easier for yourself. So I hope you found the content very useful. Please do use the WAVE system. Do use the tools and strategies. Do think about how you can take as much pressure off of your nervous system as possible using the suggestions at the end to take control and get your life back. Please do look out for the accompanying uh, podcast episodes helping you with your travel anxiety even further. And if you have any comments about this episode, if you found the content useful, or if there's something else that's helped you with your travel anxiety, please let me know via the show notes or leave a review in Apple Review. It'd be really great to hear from you. I want to say thank you so much for sharing your time and energy with me share the love please leave me a review that'd be most welcome please share please subscribe and i look forward to connecting with you in the next episode have an amazing day mm-hmm.